Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Paula Price Show, where you can experience scripturally organic, culturally unmodified teaching, get answers to your questions, and receive powerful prayer from your host, Dr. Paula Price, author of the Prophet's Dictionary. Tune in now and get ready for an exciting time of encouragement and transformation. Welcome your host, Dr. Paula Price. Wow, but we're going to get you to have a recorded sound effect, you know. Build into the open. Yeah, to build it in. Yeah, I know. Real one, though. You know, I don't want it to sound tinny, you know, or any of those kinds of things. But it is Thursday. It is the first day of June. We are officially halfway through the year, 2017. When did that happen? Uh, day by day. Day by day. But God is a good God, and I'm excited about today. Uh, Ashley, before we got started, I said we're going to have fun today. Now, what that means, I could not begin to tell you, but God has been on a roll and in a mood and in a move. So I've enjoyed him. I've got to tell you, I have been having the most amazing time. I like to share this with the saints because, you know, people love God. I know that it seems that he, nobody does. You know, we if we listen to the, the you know, the folk on Facebook, a little handful of folk that just got issues with their salvation, we would think that God isn't successful. And we would think that people don't love him. But I want you to know that people love God in ways that folks could miss. And so, you know, we often talk about God's love for us, and he's got to love us no matter what, and we're just so raggedy and, oh, poor God. We almost victimize him, you know, (laughs) Oh, I mean, you know, we do victimize them pretty well. So, but that's a whole other point. But we, there are people who love the Lord. I mean, nothing can't help it, you know. And there's, and I don't mean just, you know, contrary to what we, the intellectuals like to make us think, and of course the atheists think that that you know only the ignorant love God, only the poor love God, only the broke down, tore down, worn down, and run down love God. The hopeless, the helpless, and the hopeless, and those who can't do any better in life. But you know, all of that is part of the the, the satanic propaganda machine. Mm-hmm. Because God still gets millions of people to turn out for church, and they don't. I'm telling you, they turn out for church. He gets people to serve him. Now, can he do with more? You better know it. But I want to talk today about people who love God. I mean. Like, God, I don't care if God only spoke to them three times in their whole life. There are people that God only spoke to for three times. I mean, because we think that the people who hear the voice of God and whom God talks to got it all together. No, there are a lot of prophets talking to God and still blowing them off. They still ignore us. There are a lot of people who have wonderful 
incidental moments with God that don't linger, that don't stick, that, that, that just they can't even remember. I, mean, I think the Lord spoke to me way back there. I want to think, um, let's see, um, like, you know, maybe 20 odd years ago, 1993, maybe. I mean, you know, there are those people, but there are people that God have never, they've never heard his voice, and it doesn't matter. There are people who have never, ever had anything spectacular happen to them from the day that they said the sinner's prayer. I want to, I want to encourage you. The Bible said God knows those who are his, and all of those external things are wonderful. I love them. I wouldn't trade a moment. I wouldn't trade a second of what I have with God. I said to God all week long, I said, well, Jesus, what will happen if, we, if there's no us? See, there'll always be a Jesus, but I'm fighting for there to be a Jesus in me, not just in me, but and me. I'm fighting for us, the us that makes us who we are in Christ. And, and so there are people who absolutely adore the Lord. They, they can't help it. They don't try, and they don't make a big show of it, you know. Like there are some marriages that are so strong, you think they're cold. I have seen marriages that are so strong and so secure and so productive that you think, and invincible. I mean, I know you don't think we have them. We used to have a lot more. But we do have some very invincible marriages out there. You know, while it is pathetic to talk about the, the you know, the 50 60% divorce rate, you know, you know <laughs> but as far as I'm concerned, all of the, any marriage that divorce shouldn't have been. I mean, divorce is a real sign to say, well, this shouldn't have been. But there are marriages out there. They're 50 to 60, and that means that there are also 50 and 40% people who understand it. And there, and out of those, there are relationships that are powerful. I mean, they're so invincible. They don't need public approval. They don't need public display. They don't need anything but each other and why God put them together. And that is what I'm talking about with God. Some of you all, if God talks to you, amen, it'd be nice. If he decides. Some of you, it doesn't matter. You are in it for Christ. You are in it for Jesus Christ. You are in it for his purposes. Because I'm going to tell you something. Jesus said, why call me Lord, Lord, and not do the things I say? So all that chatting does not make you a better or worse Christian. It doesn't make you a stronger or weaker Christian. All it does is says that you are a talkative person, and God, you, God has allowed you to tap into his talking side or his talkative side. So, and that's providing all of that is God. Hallelujah. Because, you know, we, Christians right now, especially under this present environment, really can't tell you what's God's voice and what isn't. Most Christians don't know Jesus, don't know their God. But you can rest assured that those who know him love him. They know him because they love him. And they love him because they know him. God does not have to twist their arms. He does not have to chase them down the road. He doesn't have to bang them upside the head. And often those Christians get, get treated as second-class and third-class citizens of the kingdom because they don't have these spectacular exploits. And these, God had to roll me down and throw me on the floor and, and put me in the dust, you know, and he had to shake me up. All they know is that when he speaks, I answer. When he calls, 
I I come, and when he asks, I obey. It's simple. And those are three simple things. Sometimes Christianity is so complicated because we get caught up in other people's stories or not. But I'm telling you that there is a people in the planet today who love their God. They they love Jesus. And he's talking to you right now. He said, I know your thoughts concerning me too. You know, because God is not going on what we say when we're in those round tables and what we say when we're at the restaurant. Everybody's trying to one-up each other, you know, because we have some kind of one-up testimony. And so God, is he, he knows that, and he knows that that person sitting in the corner quietly saying, you know, Lord, I don't, and here's you, I don't, Lord, I don't have any of that. I, I don't know why, but all I know, Lord, is that I love you, and I love you from my heart. I love you, God. And God knows that, you know. So we think all of that boisterousness and all of that, you know, you know, blasting out and everything, that that's a signature. There are people who love God so solidly that he does not have to exert himself and put himself through all kinds of crazy things just to prove that they are his. You are the people that God counts on. Year in and year out, you are the reason that his church stands when hell comes against it. You are the reason why God keeps doing what he's doing and knowing he can rely on you. Some of you all are, are just simple people who, who, um, who, who, you know, do your job. You clean the toilets at the church. You're there in the morning. You don't miss a service. You turn on the lights. You're, you're the faithful ones that make up the institution and the pillars that keep this thing going. And you listen, you sit in the back, and you listen to all of those testimonies and all of that spectacularity, and, and all you know is that, but whatever he wants. You know, you're the one who's saying that song, when he calls me, I will answer. Because I'll be somewhere. You all remember that song? I'll be somewhere working for my Lord. That's you. And there are a lot of people who will never, ever get center stage. But God will say, I want you to take a bag of food over here to someone. I want you to pray for this one. I want you to go and buy this for so-and-so. I want you to do that. And you are the providers that make his providence work in the planet. See, you are the providers that make it work. Because God, and when he wants it to really happen, he comes to you. And you know why he comes to you? Because whether you understand him, whether you can appreciate him, whether it makes common sense or not, you have a a pattern, your relationship with the Lord has a pattern that says, but I don't expect God to just be there for me. I am going to be there for him. Oh, I just said it. Did I say it or did I say it? See, some of you all, it's simple. And you know, you're not the one to get bitter when it turns out wrong. That's what I mean. That's those are the people who love him. Because you don't get bitter when it turns out contrary to your expectations. You assume you expected more than God did. And you go on with your life. You are not walking around bitter because he took his time getting you what you want. You are not angry because of this happened. And some of you all have had atrocious things to try your love. Not just your faith, but to try your love. And you know what you said? You sound like Job. Though he slay me. Yet I will trust him. You say the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. You have said that. You may not have said it from a pulpit. You may not have said it 
from a a, uh, a a song or worship moment. You may have said it just between you and God when your heart was breaking and your soul was being shredded by darkness. But you said, though he slay me, yet I will trust him. Laying in that hospital bed, you did not say, man, as good as I've been to God and as hard as I served him and as much as I gave him. That was never your issue. You may have a 1,000 issues with earth and you may have 10,000 issues with humanity, but you have no problem with God. That's a special Christian. I'm telling you, God has literally millions of those in the planet that we'll never know until we get to heaven. We'll never know. There are of those who have got all of this criticism. Well, I don't know how the church going to make it. I don't know what God's going to do. I don't know. Uh-uh. That's not you. Your thing is you have whatever God planted in your soul because what God gave you is in your soul, and it has over the years of, of of worship and prayer and and learning and trying and testing, it has broken the seal on a love that cannot be measured, that cannot be shaken, that cannot be moved. You have, I mean, you are the ones that will not let your children rise up and curse your God. You're the ones that will not let a spouse tell you what you can and cannot do for your God. You're the one that no matter what God asks you to do, you're going to do it, and you don't broadcast it. You don't tell about it. You don't get on there and say, well, you know, God had me do this or that. Uh-uh, that is not you. If you so cherish, I'm talking about a special saint to death. I'm talking about the saints that truly love their God, not giving all of that lip service. Mm. Because the saint that truly loves their God, listen, this is important. I want you to lean in, is the one that not only can they come to him, but he can go to them. You are God's go-to Christian. Come on, somebody. I want to talk about go-to Christians. Christians that don't need mama to approve and daddy to approve and uncle to like and sister to agree and job to appreciate, you're like, no, because this is not, see, it's not a religion to you. Your redemption is priceless, and you thought, well, oh, my goodness, if he redeemed me, that's it. But then when he decided to, re- to shed his love abroad in your heart, oh, I'm talking to somebody this morning who needs to get this thing. Because, see, you are a different kind of Christian. You're not all blabby and boisterous. You're not the one that's got to have the, well, you know, when, when I had the, the flavor that came from heaven and, the, you know, the heavenly peppermint and all that kind of stuff. You don't have that. All you have is, all I know is that I love him, that he's my Lord, that he's my Lord and Savior. Some of you right now, I can feel it. I'm touching your soul because you did not know how God thought about you, because you didn't have all of those stories. Some of you all didn't get saved from the gutter. You were just little kids sitting in Sunday school, and it's just, he just, all of a sudden, you just knew Jesus is real, and because you found out that he is real, that was your salvation. You did not have sniffing and snotting on the altar. Some of us needed that. I did. But hallelujah, that does not disqualify or discredit all of the other people who just said, I'm his and he's mine. I am my beloved and my beloved is mine. You are a special Christian and you are how the church keeps going year after year. You are the Abrahamic Christian. See, there is an Abrahamic Christian. Oh, come on, somebody. There's a Davidic Christian. There's a Mosaic Christian. Somebody hear what I am saying. There is that Josiah ruler who is uh, uh, got all, have 
all the earth in his hands and still said, but I, see, there, you are the Christian that keep God's name alive and that make sure his work and his vision thrive. You're the people who want God's vision on your life. You're not trying to run from it. Yeah, well, you know, if he said, if I let God in, boy, my thing is never going to happen. That is not you. Well, you know, I, don't, I can't trust the Lord with my, my prayers because he just might not answer them. I don't know. What am I going to do? There is nothing. You truly love your God. You love the Lord Jesus Christ. You crave him. You put on your worship. It is not everybody's popular worship. Some of you all got worship that's so old, we got to dust it up before you can even play it. But it still takes you to that moment when you met him and he made himself real to you. You put on your worship, you put on, you read your Bible, you play your Bible in your house, you sing your song, you do your prayers every day. A lot of those talky-talks don't pray. That's why they keep talking, because they're talking in place of praying. Those yakka-yakkas, they're not praying, because all they've got is an experiential testimony. And yet, if you listen to what they say, they're constantly telling you how difficult it is to serve God, how hard it is to be a Christian, how uncomfortable it is, how, how much they gave up for Jesus, how much they lost for the Lord, well, how much they believed him and he didn't deliver. Now, I'm not saying they don't love God, but I can tell you that they have the love of, kid, of a kid. But some of you all have the love of a mature saint. Your love for God is unconditional. You don't just ask God to have unconditional love for you. Oh, am I going somewhere? But you have an unconditional love for God. Your love for him has no condition, no restrictions, no limitations. In your mind, he's your God, he's your Savior, that's all you know. Now, everybody else's issues, they don't bother you. As a matter of fact, when you get around people too critical about them, it grieves you so much, you have to get up and leave. I can't stand this conversation. No, no, this conversation, no, 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 no. Am I talking to anybody out there today? Are you listening to me today? I want you to tell your friends, God is blessing the blessed. And that is why the Lord rises up and calls you blessed. Even in your, your, the, the depth of your trials, God didn't let you go under. He just helped you go through because he knows your love for him. God said about Abraham, he said, I'm going to tell Abraham what I'm going to do, not only because he's my friend, but because I know he will teach his children all about me. You will know how a person really feels for God by what they taught their children about him about the liberties they gave their children to treat God in your kind of way, to write them off. Well, I just don't want my kids to have to be saved. I just want them to choose to be saved. Well, lost folks don't look to be found. Come on. If God doesn't come to them, some of you all have never given God your children. You've taken your children to church, but you have never given them your kids. You have never said, no matter what, this is what we do. You've never made a declaration, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. You said, I'm an adult, so I am choosing to serve God. And if my kids choose God, that's fine. And if they don't, well, I'm not going to force them. But you do it for school. You make them go to school. You make them go to the doctors. You make them play soccer. You make them get on the sports team. You make them do athletics, but you won't give them to God. And I want you to understand, you cannot tell them you love them when you hold the most precious thing to you and him from him. You can't. Your love is not yet perfected because you fear what your kids will think about you 
compelling them to know your God. Abraham didn't. He wanted to make sure that his his children knew God. And he knew that was a big call since God had made him the father of many nations. So he knew that it was more, there was more on the line that God was talking about than his natural children, that those he got from Hagar and Sarah and Keturah. He already knew that. God, Abraham knew what it was going to cost him, but he believed God. You cannot say you believe God if you, if you don't want your children to believe him. That's a, there's, that's a dichotomy. Well, you know, I just don't want them to feel to, to feel religious. Yeah, but they can feel gangs, and they can feel they can feel music videos, and they can feel sexual pornography, and they can do all of that. And you can know it in the back of your mind. That's what they do. But you don't let them find the Savior. But there are people who are like Abraham. Abraham loves God. He loved God so much he felt like I want to spread God with everybody, and certainly my kids. God made Abraham great because he knew the same commitment that Abraham had to him in his household, Abraham would have to him in his community, in his clan, in his nation. He gave this man power over five nations because he knew he would bring them to him. Oh, hallelujah. Some of you all, well, come on, help me somebody. See, you knew that. But see, God didn't take out those nations because Abraham was a covenant. He took out those nations because Abraham was his loyal friend. And he knew Abraham would withhold nothing from him. You all will sit there and talk about Abraham's blessings of mine and your kids don't have to go to church. Abraham took not didn't just take his church, his son to the Lord. He put him on an altar and was ready to cut his throat. And said, the same God that gave me him will either do one of two things, bring him back or give me another. See, when you really love God, you hold nothing from him. Nothing. I'm telling you nothing. There is nothing he can't ask of you. you that unconditional thing is, is too wet. If God says, I need you to go and give your car to so-and-so, you're going to do it. Now, don't do it if it's not God. And you better have some prophets and apostles in your life to verify. Because that's why a lot of you all did that in the past, and you didn't get the result from it, because you heard the testimony, and then it became a bargaining chip between you and the Lord. So somebody else, if you made somebody else's testimony your bargaining chip so that you can get God to do for you what he did for them as a reward, then you aren't going to get a harvest on that. A lot of saints are upset about, well, you know, I mean, I gave my last to God and nothing happened. First of all, I don't believe anything that you give God yields zero because there's nothing about God that yields a zero harvest. There's not one thing about him. They yield a zero harvest. Now, it, because it didn't yield the harvest you looked for, you assume that it didn't give you the harvest. But I would venture to say that if you sat down with a very probing and intelligent counselor, they would point out 15 things that you got for that sacrifice that you had just because it didn't come as a harvest you wanted. And because you can't, and here's why God won't come back and give you what you want. Because he knew, number one, your motives weren't pure. Number two, your faith was skewed. Number three, your expectations were self-serving. Oh, come on. We do that. We're human. We have this treasure in earth and vessels. The essence of this power may be of God and not of us. But lastly, he knew that what he did would not please you unless he did it the way you wanted it. 
and and he knew you would criticize him, and he knew that you would use that as a reason to reject him, and he knew that there would be a reason that you would pull back and you would you would what, leave your first love. He knew it. So he let the whole thing play out because until you know what's in your heart, what God knows in your heart does uh, does you very little good because you are dark to him. In your mind, in your heart, I know what I meant, but I served to give me, to, for God to give me school money. But God probably never wanted you in school or you probably have dropped out of school 15 times. See, there, even as testimonies, you know, I often caution Christians about listening and, and taking testimonies at face value. See, because sometimes you ascribe more truth to a testimony than it deserves because you may be just getting the highlights. You may be just getting the cliff notes. Well, but all of the other stuff, that backstory that, that went into making that thing manifest in this realm could have been withheld from you or it could have been edited so that you would not really know the whole truth or not be able to emulate that. It's, some testimonies, you know, are kind of like people, you know, great cooks giving you their recipe. Uh-huh. Yeah, three, four things not there. And you go and you make it and you follow it to the letter, but it just doesn't have that twang or that flavor or that sparkle in the meal or something because they were not going to tell you the whole thing. So you need to explore the recipe of those testimonies that you are running on. You know, I sat there and watched a, a, a preacher way, way, way back in time, to be honest with you. Um, but I watched a preacher way back in time when I was trying to come up and God talking about how he just prayed one night and woke up and God just gave him a building. And I'm sitting there thinking, but I pray. All night. All night. I pray a lot. And I'm struggling. And I need a building. And I'm serving. And... um he didn't give me one. People don't even care that I don't. Holy Ghost said to me, just watch. Whenever God says, just watch and listen, just reserve your judgment. Put your little judgment on the shelf, on the side, because you're going to see it. Not long after find out that the building came from a relative. Now, is that still a blessing? Yes. Is, could God have maneuvered? Yes. But trust me, that's a short of convic- convincing. That took a shorter season of persuasion than for a stranger to walk up and say, God told me to do this, or someone who's not a relative. Now you know God is moving on your behalf because you don't know how much that person wanted to do it. Well, has it happened three years later, that blessing turned into what? It was laden with death. It was a miracle. That wasn't a miracle. That was a handoff. See, you have to investigate testimony. And you cannot build your relationship with God or, or, or build your, your ask list with God on somebody's testimony. It is nice for people to say, boy, Dr. Christ, this is really a blessing. The people who don't know, know me, looks like I just got on Periscope and God did so and so and so and so. But the people who go back 35 years, they say, no, woman of God, you deserve this. Woman of God, you stood. Woman of God, you didn't change. Woman of God, woman of God. Why? Because you have to hear the history and the pathway that led to that testimony. Some of you are upset with God. God can't get you to serve or sow a seed anywhere while you you throw your money on cruises and trips and home renovations and children's exorbitant this or that. 
but you won't give it to God because you got that one time you sold your way and God didn't honor your way. See, but when you love somebody, like you love those children and you keep buying them expensive clothes that they lose, that they throw away, that they tear up and give to their friends, you don't have that kind of love for your God. You love your mother, your sister. They come. You got a, you got brothers and sisters that borrow money from you all the time, so much so you can't tie. But you love them because they family. Well, let me tell you something. You have no family in the flesh that's closer to you than God. God is your family. God is your father. He said, I am your father in heaven who gives good gifts to his children. And yet you don't want to give God your best. If you don't trust your pastor, then you ought not to be with a pastor you don't want to sow for. If you don't trust your church's judgment, you ought not to be there. Because you end up being an antagonist and outside and minimally a hindrance. No one should be, if, I'll tell them in a minute, but listen, if we got to go around with Nancy Hart, I'm not your pastor. I want my sheep. Just like when I was, was a mother, I wanted my children at my table. Now, I didn't mind if you brought little Susie home, little Bobby home. I did not mind. I didn't mind if you had a little sleepover and all of that. That's fine. But, but every day I want my children at my table because my children to take my nourishment. And some of you all, you need to be in a church, but you need not call yourself a member. But you need to find out where your church is. You know, I talk to people often. You know, we do actually all the time. I don't know. I just can't find a church. And you probably need to relocate or you need to find out why God will not trust you in a body. Because we have been taught to blame the church and blame the pastor, blame the music, blame the word. And sometimes those are absolutely 100% at fault. You are not imagining it. However, I like the however piece. However, when you go from church to church to church to church to church, you're looking for something that Jesus does not have in this congregation. And you need to find out what that something is. You need to ask him, Lord, what am I looking for? Why can't I get fed or why can't I be nourished? Sometimes he has you doing it because as you're in a holding pattern. Because what he is, what he has for you has not been prepared or burnt. At other times he has you in a holding pattern because he's causing you to shed the last church, particularly if you left the church that you've been at for a very long period of time. But when you love God, you can wait on him. When you love God, you can hear him. And, again, he can lead you by his spirit. God never, never promised to be 100% chatty with anybody. He said, but, you know, I've given you another helper who will lead you and guide you in all things and tell you things to come. So the Holy Spirit is there. Do you know a lot of people don't get God because you don't get the Holy Ghost? Because you are one of those people who, who you got two members of the Godhead or one member of the Godhead that you're acknowledging. Hallelujah. But I'm telling you, today God wants to tell you and honor those who love him no matter what. 
those who need him in their lives, but those he can count on because he needs them. You realize that a lot of times God won't let people know their needs because he already knows they're going to disappoint him. Isn't that good? They already, he already knows that. He already knows so-and-so. Yeah, I know. They'll promise me the world. I can't. I know that. I have people come to my church, you know, especially when we first started. You remember way back? I promise you, Dr. Price, if everybody leaves, these were the Peter, Peter members. I had a lot of Peter members, baby. All pastors know about their Peter members. I don't care. All of these can leave you, but Dr. Price, I'm never going to leave you. Dr. Price, I'm going to stay here to the end. I promise you. I don't see you in three weeks. Three, two, one. And when they say that, you know, I look at them, you know what I do? I walk away because I feel like this. If you got to stand there and make a public de- a de- declaration, you try to persuade you. Because the people who aren't leaving never tell you they're not leaving. They just keep showing up. Never told me that. Never. They just said, well, they may have told me one time, God sent me here, the end. But those are people that God leaves by his spirit. He doesn't have to have treats and candy treats and prophecy packets and, and, and revelation and spiritual dreams and all of those kinds of things to get them to do what he wants. He doesn't have to dangle carrots in front of them. These are people who love this man. You love your Savior. You don't, and here's something else, Ashley, that's really good. They like him. See, there are a lot of people love God because God shed his love abroad in our hearts, according to Romans 5. However, however you knew there was a however. But. However, but nonetheless, nevertheless, consequently, <laughs> and you get the point, they don't like him. Part of your issues with God is you don't like him. And what you don't like about him is his truth. What you don't like about him is his righteousness. What you don't like about him is his holiness. What you don't like about him is his authority, his sovereignty. You don't like it. You like God's salvation. Therein, you might even like God's music. Y'all, oh, I just love to hear when they sing these songs. But when it, when it comes down to it, the thing that God measures most, actually there are two of them, is how you feel about and respond to his truth and how you feel about and interact with his righteousness. Those are the two things that measure Christians in God's mind. I know you thought it was the giving and the yeah, mm-hmm. because let me tell you something. We can talk all day long. God said, love your neighbor. But ask yourself, this is a test. This is a test. Ask yourself, when is the last time you heard somebody say, Love your God first. We've got cliches, cookies, fortune cookies, slivers of paper. We've got poster boards. We've got everything. Love thy neighbor. But it never, ever goes to the fact that you go back and say, but love God first. And those people who love God first take very good care of everything else because God's love governs their soul. You cannot love your neighbor pop positively, according to what Jesus says, without loving him first, because he is love, and God defines love, and God demonstrates his love all the time. We want to demonstrate love toward our neighbor based on our personal likes and prerogatives. You want, let me tell you, I, got, I have another, guess what I have? I have another test. You want to find out whose love toward their neighbor is perfect, listen to why they love their neighbor. 
Well, I, oh, why they do good deeds? Well, I did good deeds because when I was a kid, nobody did it for me. I did that because, well, I wouldn't want somebody to do it for me. Well, I did that because, well, um, there was a time that I, someone so blessed me and I, I, they died before I can get Everything is self-motivated. If it's self-motivated, it is not God's love for your neighbor. See, it's the self-factor that's obliterated when you love God first with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. I, I, I need you all to hear me because this is so important. There are those of you out there, you just love him because he's God. You love him. You don't just love the notion of God. You don't just love the idea of there being a supreme being somewhere out there doing something. You love him because he's God. Some of you may have grown up not knowing God in your home, but when you met him, he took you because you are his. Some of you may have gone through all kinds of situations, been through another bunch of religions and realized, yeah, but this is different. This is uh, not the same. And I want you to think about that as you go throughout this week. Cherish your love for God, but know that God loves you because you are his. But he adores you because you, hallelujah, are his, and he can count on you. There are a lot of Christians out there, good Christians. There are a lot of brand-new new Christians. There might be some marginal Christians whose love may have to grow up, but it's genuine. They genuinely love God. It may be baby love. It may be just falling in love, like puppy love. A lot of people got puppy love with Jesus, just a little puppy love. You know, we just, we just met him. We just, he's. You know, we baby Christians, we got, there you go. He just, just little puppy love. And other people have a crush on him. You know, you got that crush love. You know, I just, I just got a crush on him. But you don't know him, but it's, it's enough to motivate you. But when you mature, you don't need all of these things that people talk about. People used to ask me, well, why does God do that for you? I was like, I love him. We love each other. Have you ever said to anybody, we love each other? Have you ever said to anybody about, why are you serving God? Because we love each other. And that, doesn't that sound nice? Well, how should a relationship with God? We love each other. See, if you don't ever equalize his love with your own, you will not level the playing field with him. God loves me, but I don't have to love him that. Well, God loves me with all the time, but I don't have to love him the way he loves me. But he doesn't even expect me to love him that way. Yes, he does. And he appreciates it. And only a few people in history mastered it. Abraham mastered it. Enoch mastered it. Come on, somebody, hear me. All right? David mastered it. Moses mastered it. And, and let me tell you all, but Abraham, they were difficult personalities. God and Moses fought all the time. I'm telling you, them two, they locked horns all the time. But it didn't affect the love. God and David all the time. God went around with David over so many things, and it was always a major, major thing, you know? But you know what? They loved him. Job, God takes this man out, makes him great, and then takes him out. You almost think he made him great to take him out. But they loved him. Powerful people, people, hear me. Powerful people love God. They made it to the Bible because they were powerful, and that power did not disturb or diminish their love for God. That power strengthened their love. It empowered them. It made them want to do things for him and exploit for him. They would never give to another. There are people who love God so 
much that they only give to you because of God's love. If you ask them in their own strength, the answer would be no. They wouldn't even give you a second look. They'd snub you. But the love of God says, oh, the love of Christ constrains me. Powerful people. The scripture is full of powerful people loving God. And you always, all you ever hear of little weak ones, a little widow with two mice. Okay, we don't hear about the powerful people that really love God. I'm not talking about the powerful people who obey them. I'm saying powerful people, world changers, earth movers, radical folks. I'm talking about people who are rough and ready. We act like the Bible has these pristine, finished versions of everybody loves God. Are you kidding? Abraham lying about who his wife is. Abraham going out to war with 300 servants, loving God. He's going to war for his God. Somebody hearing me. I'm talking about it. Moses going to kill somebody for his God. And then do 40 years in the wilderness, loses his track, and still does not talk about whether or not he loved God. Moses loved God. He, him and God went at it all the time. They always wrestle about something. I need you to go preach. I can't talk. Moses and my brother, he's he so eloquent. But God was going after one who loved him. Some of you all, God is tapping you because he knows you love him. And I want you to, as I wrap this up, because I'm told I had some guests, but as I wrap this up, I want you to understand you don't have to be weak and wimpy and pitiful to love the Almighty. As a matter of fact, you need to be strong because God is strong. I remember one time God and I were just, I was just communing with the Lord, and I said, Jesus, you sure are different. He said, no, I don't change. You grew up. I said, oh. He said, yeah. You've grown. You're maturing. Oh, okay. But you know, he knew I would love him. Some of you all right now, you want God to bless your business because of a prophecy and because of a promise. And you don't care that he will do it faster because of your love. You are holding God hostage to a prophecy, and you don't even love him enough to let him know how you're going to appreciate it. You think I'm kidding when I say sugar pie Jesus? He is that at 3 a.m. in the morning. Sugar pie Jesus. Yes, he does. After we go to pass our Father, hallowed Lord, sovereign, almighty. Okay, we've gotten all of those out of the way. All of the references are settled. I've handled my references. Now let's move into our relationship. And when our relationship, that's very different. Now when God and I move into those relations, that's a wholly different thing. Because now I'm going back to the, to the God that, that, that let me know how he is, and I met on an official platform in his offices, and now I'm moving into that family side of God, that familial thing, that thing that touches his heart. There are some of you out there, you touch God's heart. I'm telling you, in your simplicity, you touch God's heart. In your, your humility, you touch his heart. You know, humility will always move God because, you know, God likes to be humble and contrast. So, you know, he likes that because he has to fight. You know, the man fights on all fronts all the time. So if he gets arrested anyway, he's thrilled. I hope. Is this speaking to you all out there? Some of you all, you have that Abrahamic love. Your children are going to know God. Others of you, you have that Davidic love, that love that says he and I are one of the same. I would rather destroy myself than to hurt him. Every time David messed up, he did not say, well, it's because you made me go to all of the wars. He didn't. He said, 
I want to ascribe righteousness to my God. Because, but you can't love, the depth of love I'm talking about requires knowing him. That I may know him. It requires, you can't love anybody. You can be infatuated with anything based on looks, based on charisma, based on an emotional response. But to love somebody requires knowing them. Because when you know them, you have to hit the, you have to hit the unpleasantries of both of you all's makeup. And there are some unpleasant things about God because he's not changing. I'm not doing it. No, I'm not doing it. Me and God are at that point. I, do you know what I said? I'll say this and end it. Do you know what I told God? I said, God, I understand that you have to stand on ceremony with so many people, and I know you have to edit this, and most times you just, just go silent. But I want you to feel at home with me. I want you to be comfortable with me. I want you to be comfortable enough to be yourself. Now, of course, I said that naively. And when he started reciprocating, I was like, oh, he said, but wait a minute, didn't you say, yeah, okay, God, then if that's your feeling, that's your feeling. Most of you all, God can't express his mind to you. That's why you don't know what he's doing. He can't be honest with you. He can't be open. He can't be outright, forthright with you, because in a minute, he's got to filter through your 97 theologies, your 125 doctrines, and your 2,051 sermons. And see, I don't. If he says he doesn't like it, I don't care. But he's that real to me. And for some of you all, God's not real. He's just a thrill. Well, on that note, <laughs> let me introduce today's guest. <laughs> oh, oh, poor guest. Bless her. I hope they're all right. Speaking of all right, today's guest is Dr. Ursula Wright. Yay! Hey, Dr. She said I had to get some letters. I know. Uh, y'all smart, y'all uh, <laughs> Dr. Ursula Wright out of uh, Miami, 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 right, Florida. Miami, Florida, who is a returning mm-hmm. worship leader powerhouse to the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. Welcome to the Paula Price Show. I know. I bet she thought I was never going to give her a shot. <laughs> <laughs> Don't act up. Oh, oh my goodness. <laughs> Welcome to the show, brandy new Dr. Ursula Wright of Flame of Fire Ministries in Miami, Florida. Thank you so much. It is definitely an honor to be on the show. It's an amazing show, and you definitely, you don't hold any punches. So anybody who's listening, I know their lives are being transformed on the spot. Well, I'm glad, but I'm glad to have you there. You know, we've been connecting for quite a while now, and I'm loving it. I'm trying to get back down into the Miami area, so I suppose that when you come here in June, we'll work on that. But tell us what's going on in your region, and what is God saying to you? Let's just let's just use what I discussed today as a jump-off point. Well, you know, um, well, we'll kind of just start. Let's start a little bit about what, what's going on in Miami. Um, I just believe, honestly, you know, right now, uh, God is God is very serious about the the full kingdom expression being expressed in the earth, and I just think with so many uh, doctrines and so many winds and so much media hype over one topic or another, um, I really do believe that just uh, globally as kingdom citizens, we have to really return to our first love and really identify with what that is, because it seems, you know, probably over the last eight to nine years, 
that we've kind of been confused about who our allegiance should be to. And um, I really believe that there's a new breed and there's a remnant whose hearts um, are seeing, I think, the damage of our irresponsibility. And as a result of that, I think that there are people who are really being touched um, so much so in the depth of the burden of God to really return to what he wants, what he desires. And I believe that there are going to be some very, uh, some emerging people, especially from the backside of the desert, who are really ready to take on, um, you know, the Lord's uh, advocacies, if you will, in order to really bring about full uh, kingdom expression, full change in the earth. And I believe that uh, if we don't sway, will actually move into a, a season of which I would call momentum that really brings about change. Because I know in Miami, we have churches on literally every corner in, in, in certain aspects of our region. And there's even a, a somewhere close to where I am, we call it church row. It's a stream of warehouses off the Palmetto and just about every warehouse is a uh, warehouse bay is a church. But I really, I have yet to see the real change uh, in our communities that I believe that, we are anointed uh, to to possess and to overturn and really change the face of our cities and regions. Wow. Well, but you know, interestingly enough, when you read the scripture, uh, whenever we get to a point that the body of Christ is stagnant and the leaders are confused, because most of the leaders are just, if they're not stagnant, they're confused. They're immobilized with confusion. But that's right. when God raises up a word. See, we are waiting for God to raise up a move with the like it was the signs and wonders, we want God to revive an old movement to bring back or research uh, what people fell in love with, etc. Because Christians think that everything God, because it's eternal, that it's unchanging on earth. Like we can't, we don't advance that we already are, are the perfect model of what God right. wants and are the perfect specimen. So God is getting ready to bring back. He does, and God does His move with a person. I know we heard otherwise, but there is nothing to bore out that doctrine. Those, all of those churches on every corner were taught the same thing, that, well, if God did it for so-and-so, he'll do it for me. Well, you know, God is no respecter of persons and on and on and on. But I'm telling you, God works for those that he loves and that he can trust. And okay. he, there are some that don't love him properly, but he can trust them. You know, Jeroboam did not really care two hoots about God, could care less about it. Right. But you know what God called him? An industrious God. Yeah. And he gave him the kingdom because he was industrious. So I was just wondering, based on that, then, because I know that you are a psalmist, you're a worshiper, you're a leader, you're a pastor. Bye. Hallelujah. Hmm. Help, Busy. Lord. But you, know, <laughs> uh, okay. but you know, anybody who is serious about God, it's serious about getting done what he wants because it's giving God what he wants his way. So if you had to speak to our people today, what would you give as an example of giving God what he wants his way? Probably, I, I will probably say this. I think, um, and then I have to start here because a lot of times, when we engage ministry, sometimes even when we come into ministry or whatever we think is our call, we have been so infused with everybody else's vision till we don't really know who we really are and what vision God has given us. And so I think, I believe that in order to really give God what he wants is I think we have to empty out ourselves from everything everybody else told us that God wants. And I think that we need to return to the face of God to really find out 
who, who we are in him, what is our DNA, and what is he calling us to? Because sometimes we're such creatures of habit, and uh, we don't know how to allow God to create fresh patterns. And so we continue to look backwards. We can look, continue to look at what has already been laid. And the word of the Lord says, behold, I do a new thing. So what is it that God wants to spring up? or spring forth um, on the inside of us. I believe that when God breathed us or he gave us a birthday or caused us to enter to the earth, it was because he knew strategically at a certain point in time that he would have need of what he deposited in us the way he deposited in us. But we have become so, I think, um, so celebrity-minded, and we're trying to find one path to success, one way to success, that this is what success looks like. And I think that we first need to get our eyes off of success and find out what is our significance in the, in the entirety of this thing. And I think if we can, we can allow God to deal with our dysfunction, then we can stop giving God what others are giving him and really allow the uniqueness of our individual expression uh, and the mantle that God has placed on our life to be fully expressed in the earth. But I think we have to basically, we have to shed every, most of what has been uh, said to us spoken to us because so much of who we are is what other people have said we are. And we really haven't taken time to uh, get down into the face of the father and of our Lord uh, and of our Lord to really find out who did he create us to be and how does he want us to express that in the earth? I think that's a very thorough answer. And I know that that's definitely putting a finger on the pulse of the issue. I think that people, uh, because of, the freestyle ministry, people have assumed that whatever they perceive to be an offering for God is what they give them. And right. I think we add to that that people have been taught that um, God so wants to give them the desires of their heart that he's willing to forego his own. Right. And so we have, we have a lot of work to do. So what would you're going to join us in just a few weeks at the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute yes. here in, yes. of course, Tulsa, Oklahoma. What will you yes. be bringing? To, I know God has talked to you. So, what will you be bringing to us this year, and how will you encourage people to come out and enjoy it? Well, honestly, I really believe that uh, this year, this is um, this is a year of. Uh, identity, and this is a year of establishing, and I believe that as we open up the portals of, of, of the Spirit, that um, I believe that God is going to speak, and He's going to touch us individually. He's going to touch us corporately. Every year that we have had this summit, or at least that I've been a part of this summit, God takes it to a different dimension every year. Every year, there's a different expansion. There's It, it is never the same, um, and I believe the collaboration between the Word and the worship is really going to cause there to be transformation. I believe that this is going to be a monumental year. It's going to be life-changing. And as I, we think about individuals who have some who are, who, are in cave, who are in caves even right now and their prophetic identity, they're unsure of it, I would encourage them to come out because I really believe that this is a year of settling of, of the identity of who we are and the fullness of our prophetic expression. And it's not confined just to the ecclesia as, as many would think, but God uh, wants to uh, institute and release and establish prophets in many different arenas, because as you often talk about, God wants his seat in these certain places. And so I really believe those that are, you know, on the fence, not sure that you need to make your way to this summit. This is going to be a life-changing 
uh, transformative, I believe, summit that's going to really settle individuals and cause them to be able to have a firm foundation from which to launch and to build. Because we cannot build, we cannot construct anything unless the foundation is first made sure. So I'm encouraging everybody who's listening to this broadcast on live, as well as who's going to listen to it on replay, is that they make it their business to make this a priority. Uh, many individuals have been uh, crying out for change. They have been uh, kind of lost in this wilderness, no that they're gifted, have been spiritually awakened. Most people, you know, uh, they, they fight with demons, but they don't know God. You know, there's a lot of things that they've been exposed to and not understanding it has confused them. And not every ministry even understands the areas of the supernatural and the prophetic and all of those things. So I would call all of those individuals out of the cave, out of the hiding, out of indecision, um, and out of the frustration about being confused with their identity and what God wants out of them and tell them to come this year to the uh, Tulsa Prophetic Institute God's going to do amazing things. Amen. Well, we thank you for stopping by. Uh, before you go, tell them how they can reach you there in Miami, and uh, especially if people are looking for a church or looking for the fire that you have, but let them know. Give them your information, your contact information. Um, they can find me, first of all, on the web at www.theletterurite.org. Um, they can also catch me on Facebook.com slash Ursula T. Wright. We have services uh, in Miami Gardens right behind the Rooms to Go off of the Palmetto um, uh, on Sundays at 9, 5, Powerful Time in the Lord. We encourage you to come out, uh, get involved. God has amazing worship, amazing word, and we're awesome uh, family and movement, you know, um, as it relates to what God is doing in the earth and in the city of Miami. All right. Just one more time. Give that website. www.theletterurite.org. And they can find all the information about myself as well as our ministry. Amen. God bless you. I'm looking forward to you in a couple of weeks. Enjoy the rest of your day, and we'll talk soon. All right. Thank you. It It was an awesome opportunity. Thank you, Ann Georgia. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, Prophet Ashley, you get an opportunity to give your fetus back. Well, the first thing I want to say uh, to answer a question that has popped up, yes, Dr. Price still takes prayer requests. Uh, the second hour yes. of the Paul Price show, you can call into 319, and I'm sure our
the go-to Christian. God's uh-huh. go-to Christian. Love that. Uh-huh. I will clean that as a title. The go-to the Christian. The go-to Christian. God's go-to Christian. Um, and, I like that. And we, uh, having, putting value in relationship with God. Part of the problem that relationships are so easily broken up in the world is because we can just break up with God at any moment. Mm-hmm. Because we have taken the value out of relationships. Everything has become a moment. Yeah. Live in the moment. Personal Hook up experience. in the corner. Hook up with somebody in the back seat of a car. I work mm-hmm. this, I work that, a job this, a job that, fun time. And so even with God, it can easily become about a moment. Yeah. I need you right now. Mm-hmm. I need this breakthrough here, like you said. And so when we get disappointed, we're out. Mm-mm. Oh, you know what, Lord? I talked to a divorce attorney. I'm serving you notice. I'm okay. giving you papers. And I will not be in the prayer mm-hmm. closet anymore unless I need you. I will, <laughs> I will praise you if I feel you are worthy. And we kind of go down this whole road like mm-hmm. we treat people. Exactly. Discard them. Throw them away until you need them. And then all of a sudden you're coming with cookies. Mm-hmm. No matter how you feel sometimes, 
about the pushback from your decisions, about the consequences, because let's talk about the benefits. Which we don't. So many benefits mm-hmm. to being God's go-to person. And you know you know. Because I'm a God. Call me. I'm so, your go-to girl. People want to know uh, a life is always works for you. Like those kind of statements, when I see people that life just always seems to work no matter what they go through, mm-hmm. when I examine their lives and if I remove my biases or whatever, you'll find those are the people that God can ask them anything. And here they'll do it. I need you to walk off of your job. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, God said I need to. I need you to move away from your family. Mm-hmm. I need you to do this. Go bless this person. Go into this mm-hmm. person's life. Do this. Do whatever. And you don't know because they don't advertise. Mm-hmm. But the Lord is always there for them. They're always going to have a heart. Always. Job. Always going to have a job. Get fired from 25 jobs. Mm-hmm. But still 25 jobs. <laughs> <laughs> always land well in a living situation. People pressing money in their hands. Mm-hmm. Making sure God opens doors for them all over the place. And they just... Because they are God's go-to person. I love and, it. And I mean, that right there is such a motivation and an inspiration. Because even what uh, Prophet Ursula was saying about shaking off and shifting out of what we've been told mm-hmm. God wants and who He is, and to avail ourselves to be the go-to. Oh my God, I'll be your go-to. I told him that. I said, let me tell you. You know how God and I—I'm at this ten years now in this new way. Because, you know, I've been serving God for 35 years, and my attitude was whatever you want. And, but, but, you know, when God knows that he can count on you, and God can count on so few Christians because he can't, you know, he's he having a hard time trying to count the Christians. <laughs> could, we, could we have a Christian system and we count the Christians talking about count on them? And so, but, but one of the things that I learned is that, you, you know, we grew up with the song, you can't beat God's given. Uh, no matter how you try, you know, and I'm telling you, you can't beat God's given, and somewhere working for my Lord are, a, are the answer. God is like anybody else. He's got to get a thing done. Actually, did you know that God answers prayers through people, and disobedient people will divert or delay his prayer answers? Yes. So then you get all upset because God's taking the time answering your prayer. But remember, somebody else is also doing what you did. The last time he needed you to answer someone's prayer. And sometimes God will wait until you get this big deal. I mean, you've got the sign on this bottom line. And I'm telling you, you've got the, the days are running off. Ten, nine, eight. Okay, God, I got three days left. Okay, he's silent. You got two days left. And you get to the end and you realize, because we know when he's not going to do it. When you get down to that thing, baby, you got that thing. You get that sinking feeling in your soul. He is not going to do it. No, no, no. And, and, you, and you're mad. You're so upset with him. And you know what you say? Well, God, I served you, blah, blah, blah. But you know what God said? But when I needed you, that deal that I asked you to do was important to me. And you didn't care. And so now, this is important to you, and I need you to know how I felt. So I want you to know how I felt so that the next time I come to you and say something's important to me, you're going to move heaven and earth for it because you want me to move heaven and earth for you. I don't know who I'm prophesying to right now. I'm talking to somebody right now 
who God is telling you to do something, you've got a big deal on the line. It is major. It is the thing that can not only change your life but change others. And you're riding on the, well, God, this is going to help so many people. Say, Understand what he wanted was going to help a lot of people also. So I'm warning you today, whoever you are, do not put yourself in a position for God to spurn what you need down the line. Because you may, by the time he decides to react to it or to show his reaction, you could be too old or too weary to do anything about it. But I'm telling you, make up your mind today to be a go-to Christian for the Holy Ghost. Make up your mind that whatever God wants, he will be able to get you. When he needs you, he can call on you. Because what a lot of your blessings, oh, somebody, I'm going to hit the table again. A lot of your blessings are held up because you held up this. You held up his providences. And when you hold up God's providences, he will hold up your blessings because God needs to get things done in the earth. The church is in a mess because of all of the broken promises and all of the, the disobediences and all of the, the dismissals and all, as she just said, the celebrityism. You know, unless somebody's a celebrity, you're not going to bless them. God's trying to make other celebrities. He's trying to populate the planet with his own celebrities, but you only want one. No, Satan has to have limited celebrity because he does not have permanent or inexhaustible resources. God has inexhaustible resources, and he can have as many celebrities as he wants because he needs them. I know we say God doesn't have celebrities. I don't know. We call him Moses. We call Adam. Well, Adam is a little infamous. But anyway, we call Moses. We call Enoch. We, God's got a whole hall of faith. The whole hall of faith is God's celebrities. And how did they get there? By being there for him. Be there for the Holy Ghost. Be there for God. Today, make it your business to go to your prayer journal and look at what God asked you to do that you felt was insignificant and ask him if it's too late. And if he informs you that it is not too late, Go and finish that obedience because as long as you make up your mind to be there for God, I'm telling you, God will be there for you. Tonight, if the Lord gives me grace, I will share that with you again. But I'm telling you, the word providence has the beginning of the word provide. And you can, be, and in, it's a variation of provision. And some of you all uh, want God to fulfill your vision, but you will not be his provision for something else. And God wants you to be there for him. I don't know, Ashley, I can't get off of that. It's like God wants somebody to hear this word. You have a big deal on the line. It's big. You need a loan. You need some grant. You need some government intervention. You need favor with the civil authority. You got zoning issues that you got to work through. You got building contract and your funds. The bank is not trying to talk to you. But I promise you by the Holy Ghost, when you make it your business to be God's go-to Christian, to be there for him, God will move heaven and earth for you. There are people that God did things for who didn't like him, but they cut a deal with him. And they honored their deal. He knows. You can't cut deals with God and say, oops. He doesn't do oops deals. And so you have got to make up your mind because I don't know who you are. And I believe maybe, Ashley, that this word is for several people out there, you know, or maybe several hundred people. But I'm telling you, you have got to start making it your business to put God's priorities first. He doesn't come every year. He doesn't come every week to tell you to do something spectacular. But when he comes, you know, be there and do it. Read some of our, our feedback before we go. We got time. We got another speaker? No. Okay. Um, the Spirit of the 
you are helping me. Talk Oklahoma is on fire for God. Uh, you're taking me somewhere. And uh, let's see, God's price is such a blessing to the body of Christ. Wow. Well, we have a few minutes for Prophet Adia, and then we're going to have our commercials and get back into our thing. But let me tell you something. I know you all want to get to, let's get the calls in, and I do too. I love the calls. Please don't ever stop calling. Write it in your, in your book. Don't ever stop calling in on the Paula Price Show. But God wants to feed his people today. And there are times that he wants to do, he wants to answer something globally and universally. This thing is on his heart. Maybe some of you all, when you call in, you can share what he's putting in you to let you know, but this thing is on his heart. There's something coming down the pike for all of us, and God wants us to give him a reason to, to push back on the enemy and to bully the, the darkness into letting him do what he wants. That's what I do know. Prophet Adia. Amen. It was such a powerful show today. I love what you said about powerful people and how there were powerful people that loved God and they did not let their power uh, defile their love for God or, or replace their love for God. I think that you were speaking to a lot of people with that today. Um, you know, we always uh, feel as if there has to be some kind of trade-off um, and not that the, our love for God can actually empower our power. So I just love that today. And also your discussion about the difference between self-motivated works and works that we do for God. I think that you were speaking to a lot of people with that as well and really bringing clarity to this works issue and what really separates us. You know, the, the fact of the matter is that our, our, love for, our love for God should compel our works. And I just love that piece as well. So really powerful training today. Well, I thank you for it. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, folks, so she's going to do the commercial. Meanwhile, I'm saying goodbye to Periscope until tonight at 8 p.m. for Prophetic Ed. You don't want to miss it because, as you can hear, I am on fire, and God has a lot to say. See you at 8 tonight, Central Time. All right. All right, guys. All right. All right, guys, as Dr. Price transitions, we're going to just do a few brief announcements uh, because we want to go ahead and get to your calls today. We hope you have enjoyed the show so far. If you're listening for the very first time, we want to thank you so much for tuning in with us at the Paula Price Show. For our Periscopers who might have just jumped on the line, we welcome you. And again, we welcome to all of our first-time listeners. You're listening live right now to the Paula Price Show. We're here every Thursday on blogtalkradio.com slash Price show. Again, that's blogtalkradio.com slash Paula Price show. You can RSS feed to the website so that you never miss an episode of the broadcast. We really encourage you to do that. When you enter in your email in the RSS feed, you will receive an email whenever the show is about to go live. Big shout out to our Twitter family, our Facebook family tweeting us. We want to thank you for reposting the post, for sharing the messages, and passing the word along to your friends. We thank you so much. If you're not already following Dr. Price on Facebook, do that. Take a moment to do that, facebook.com slash Dr. Paula Price, and just click like, and you'll be able to follow her. I really encourage you to do that. We're so excited about the upcoming Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. You guys heard from Dr. Ursula Wright today. She is going to be ministering to us powerfully at this event, not only in worship, but she'll also be teaching and one of the night classes as well. So you do not want to miss out on this. It's going to be powerful. Make sure you visit her website so that you can hear some samples of her work, and you're going to be so blessed. 
blessed. Those dates are the 21st through the 24th of June, June 21st through the 24th. That's going to be right here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and you can find everything that you need online at drpaulaaprice.com, drpaulaaprice.com. Make sure you click there so that you can get all of the info and the details. Registration right now is 125 per person. We also have a family of four rate. We also have student rates, near rates. If you're a member of near and you're listening and you haven't registered just yet, we also have a teen rate for those who are ages 13 to 17. We really encourage you to bring your teens this year. We have a special class for them in the evenings, so don't let them miss out on this, especially if you have teens who are really hungry for God. Bring them to this event, and there's a teen rate as well. So check us out, drpaulaaprice.com, for all of the details about the Tulsa Prophetic Training Institute. All right, press number one if you want to speak to Dr. Price in this second hour. Prophet Ashley, I'm going to turn it over to you so we can get to our callers. All right, thanks, Prophet Adia. We'll be right back after these messages. Have you ever wondered, why do I hear from God? Is what happens when I pray normal? Why do I think so differently? Is my relationship with God unusual? How do I explain my experiences with God? Does anyone else experience these things? I have so many talents, but how do I find my purpose? I know I'm called to ministry, but where do I begin? These daily questions lead to one solution. Introducing the Standardized Ministry Assessments Series. What was on God's mind when He made you? Find out how our assessments can help you uncover your greatest mystery, you. Our standardized ministry assessments consist of 800 ministry-specific questions, 114 ministry-based categories, 50 ministry classifications, a comprehensive gift analysis, five-fold office identifiers, automatic response indicators, targeted benchmark scoring, Automated result interpretations, custom readiness path options, call-specific recommendations, personal ministry advisement. Is this basically a personality test? No. Your results are custom designed and not based on the traditional data used to determine your personality type or IQ. Instead, your results come from you, how you think, and what you believe not predetermined categories into which you must loosely fit. Dr. Paula Price's nearly 25 years of research and experience see to that. How is this different from a spiritual gift test? Our assessments are not a test and assess more than just your spiritual gift, what you are good at and may be interested in doing for your church. We help you define your ministry calling how ready you are to do it full-time, the type of training you need to do it well, and the best place for you to prosper whether in or out of the church. They don't just give you a number. They give you a life plan. We offer three levels of assessments. The Ministry Assessment Questionnaire, the Prophetic Aptitude Questionnaire, the Apostolic Diagnostic. So what's your ministry IQ? Discover yours today www.drpaulaprice.com or call 877-649-PPMG. I, I wanted to take a few minutes to tell you why you want to get this course. 
Yes, you want to know who you are. Yes, you want to know what God sent you to do. But it is not enough to know thyself. You need to know those that the Lord has assigned to work with you, to labor with you, to understand you, to hold up your hands, and to understand that they are not just volunteers helping out, but they are fixtures. They are affixed to your commission. They are your fixtures, they're your pillars, your founders, your ground, they're your communicators, your extenders, whatever you want to call them, and it's all of that. You need someone to fit all of those capacities. And so I want you to consider using my brand new teaching, building your commission team stage one, if you're an apostle or an apostolic minister, because it's all the same. But what distinguishes what this teaching does is not that we're telling people about their ministry. No, we're taking people who are already in ministry or who are predisposed to ministry and who are competent or show potential for competency. And we're telling them, you're assigned to not just help me preach the word or help me spread the word, you're assigned to help me establish something in the earth, build it from the ground up or fortify it if it's already in existence and expand it. You want a commission team is about perpetuity, not just performance. And that is what commission training is. So may I encourage you to go to my website and to click I want this commission team. You can go to ppmglobalresources.com and say, I didn't understand it. Now I know. And it's going to give you a blueprint. And then it's going to give you criteria, and it's going to give you standards, and it's going to give you protocols, but it's also going to give you some policies and procedures as well as practices. And all together, we come alongside you as you begin to identify those that God's called to help you do more than go on a mission. We want to help you identify those who are called to become fixtures of your apostleship commission, of your apostolic commission. Again, that's drpaulaprice.com or ppmglobalresources.com. Hi, my name is Chief Prophet Paula Price, and I want to invite you to join me every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time for a riveting and exciting discussion of my favorite book by my favorite author, Yes, Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum, written by the one and only Dr. Paula Price. Join us on our weekly journey of studying the history of eternity as it's been revealed through Scripture. Learn your God, learn your world, learn yourself, and even your Savior before time began. We're going to discuss revelationary answers to age-old questions like, how did we get here? Why does our planet exist? Does it have a creator? What was on his mind concerning us? And why did he bring Christ and Christianity into our world? Topics like these and more we'll be discussing every Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. You can join us on Facebook Live or by Periscope. For more information, visit www.tallaprice.com. That's www.tallaprice.com. Dr. Paula A. Price does it again with Before the Garden, God's Eternal Continuum. In her customary exhaustive style, she breaks the seal on yet another striking dimension of Christian faith and truth. 
before the garden. God's eternal continuum is aptly dubbed the history of eternity as revealed in scriptures because it captures and tells the story of eternity from its founder's perspective. Order your copy today and give us your feedback. Tell us how Before the Garden revolutionized your walk with Christ at www.beforethegarden.com. Do you have an upcoming conference or want to order a supply for your bookstore? Now is the perfect time to order copies for your network, mentees, or friends. Just pick up the phone and dial 877-419-1299, extension 1001, and ask for Adia Peterson to get bulk discount orders and place your order today. Are you a prophet or apostle? Is your desire to help God's ministers come into their true identity and calling? Would you like to make a supplemental income while still doing what you love most, serving God as his kingdom agent? Now PPM Global Resources offers an exciting employment opportunity for apostles and prophets. We want to employ you to do what God made you to do for him. We work in the industry of ministry and want to bring the industry to your ministry. Imagine getting paid a regular income for doing what you already do. Think about doing more than prophesying or waiting for your next preaching opportunity to fulfill your calling. Now, PPM Global has created gainful employment positions for your mantle, just like pastors and teachers have enjoyed for ages. Sign up as an affiliate agent or independent sales consultant, and you'll be able to share PPM Global's unique ministry model with your associates and colleagues and share the revenue PPM Global gains from your initiative. Or join PPM Global's team of advisors, coaches, and mentors and take part in shaping the next generation of five-fold ministers for Jesus Christ. Wherever you fit, you'll enjoy the benefits of collaborating with PPM Global, including a means of increasing your contacts and income without increasing your workload, the opportunity to be a gainfully employed, bona fide apostle or prophet, the privilege of shifting the church back to apostolic and prophetic leadership, and the honor of placing God's people in their right purpose and destiny. Apply today, get trained, change lives, and earn more. PPM Global Resources. Explore the possibilities. Okay, and we are back for the Paula Price Show. Uh, Now connecting with our callers today, Dr. Price, we have some praise reports and updates as well as requests. I am glad. And you know what, Ashley, I I love it all. I love the praise reports, the updates. And if anybody else out there has said, you know what, I was one of those people that God wants me to make this big move, this big push, this misdeal or service or sacrifice, please let me know because I want to pray your strength in the Lord. Okay, Prophet, I'm ready to go. Okay, we have first up today Cheryl from South Carolina. And Cheryl has a praise report about her vision. And then she would like prayer for her grandson and for direction. Cheryl, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hi. Um, I want to thank you, Dr. Price, for your prayers. I was pretty much close to going blind about two months ago, and I called in for the first time. And you told me there was something in my bedroom um, to change the pillows, to put on some allergen covers, and I did all that. And um, I no longer mourn my eye medications. Um, my allergy shots have went from every week to once a month, so I'm doing great, and I wanted to thank you. Oh, my goodness. um, 
Yeah, it, it really was a miracle. I don't know, you know, when I look at my prayers, I don't know why they were hitting the ceiling, but I do know that you said God answers yours, and he certainly did. And so um, when I was in prayer yesterday, he told me to call you about my grandson. Um, he's two and a half. He's not talking. He babbles, but it's like his jawbone. He can't get the words out, and he understands everything. Um, they call it a developmental delay. Um, he's in speech therapy, but I'm not seeing any change. And, and I know I've heard God say he's healing him. But all I know yesterday when I was reading the word, he said, call into Paul. So I'm doing it. <laughs> and then well, my, um, my mm-hmm. uh, Listen, first of all, and I say thank you for coming back to let us know, because our people, our audiences, listeners, love to hear it. They love to know because it emboldens them. And then some of them were part of your prayer. And so they know now to expect that if God started with you, he's going to go on and finish the same thing with them. So that's the first thing I'm going to say. Thank you for calling it back. And can I say hallelujah? Let's just bless God for your miracles. You know? Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited about it. I really am. And so, you know, now let me, let, let me ask you this. What type of training uh, or should I say uh, treatment has your grandson had so far? He's in speech therapy one time a week, but because he's two, they don't diagnose or do anything until he turns three. So he's been in speech therapy since he was like 12 months old. And he was born huh. premature. His lungs weren't developed, but, you know, he passed all the newborn tests. And um, as a baby, he threw up a lot. He had this severe, like, allergen, but he outgrew that. He didn't walk till he was 16 months. He never crawled. Um, very small little guy, but, you know, he actually thinks he's talking, he babbles. But when yeah. he says words, you know, he can't, he doesn't pronounce. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, far be it from me to even uh, pretend to be a, uh, a practitioner or a specialist in this area, but what I do keep hearing God say is that some of this is, and I know it sounds crazy, this is not doing away with medicine because I am for medicine, and therapy, I thank God for all of his branches and strands. But some of this for him really is nutritional. How is his appetite? Um, he eats well. I'm not sure my daughter has him on. He's on vitamins. Mhm. But does he eat balanced? Does he eat balanced? Yes, right. Probably not. You know, he had a t- he had a texture issue as a baby, like there were certain foods he couldn't eat, but he's finally getting mm-hmm. where he can eat. You know, all foods, like there were certain vegetables, he, it was like he would gag if he ate them. But he seems to be overcoming all that. He used to be a very picky eater. So he is? He, yeah, he is. Okay. Um, does he do, um, does, what is, how's his protein? Like, what kind of protein does she give him? I know she gives him chicken. Mm-hmm. And he's on, like, well, a 2% milk. Okay, but the reason I'm saying that is because I keep hearing the Lord say whatever the nutrients are in seafood, particularly fish, he needs. Okay. So I don't know what that is. I'm not going to – again, I'm doing this by, you know, I'm the woman of God. I just sit with the Lord. He tells me. That's number one. And the Lord said give him three months, and at the end of three months, you're going to see a breakthrough. He's going to lose his tongue. Okay. And I received that because um, at one time I thought he did have a problem with his tongue, you know, like the lifting. So I, I received that. 
and I receive that. It's no problem. He's going to lose his tongue. He said, but, but, you know, what they're saying about him developmentally is correct. That, okay. you you know, I, I mean, you're like, uh, you know, you know, uh, we the grandparents and the parents and carrying on, you know, we like, wait, but what they're saying is correct. But what the work that God is doing in him to bring him up to speed is, is pretty much very involved. I mean, I, I, I would have to say that from what God is showing me, he has bouts at night, fits of restlessness in his sleep. God is working with him very vigorously. That's the word he gives me for it, very vigorously. So I'm going to pray. But I do know that he's going to need whatever it is that's in seafood. He's going to need that. Okay. I know he can't eat fish and all of that because he's a baby. But there mm-hmm. are some nutrients or something, obviously, that he needs. Probably those omega-3s. They're going to help a lot okay. because there is a okay. connection in his brain that was not made that God is making. Okay. So we can put so him on omega-3. Huh? We could put him on omega-3. Well, whatever. I don't want. I don't want to prescribe. I want to, but I do know that if she's already given him vitamins, then that needs to be something that she should consider for him. Because I'm looking in his brain, and there's something, and I'm looking at it right now uh, as I see it. I want to say somewhere at the at the at the bottom of his brain, the base at it, between where his the the right hemisphere ends. And the base of it, where the, the um, it begins to run to his uh, spinal cord, God is doing a reconnection there. Now, whatever that reconnection is, it's resetting how his brain is wired and how it, it, the, the energy is flowing. So I just hear God saying to you that, that that particular nutrient will just help his process, but it's going to take three months. Okay. So, you know. And, but look at you. It took you time. Come on, you know, because we think yeah. that because God, you know, God does it. He says it in a moment. It happens in an instant. And in his world, right. it does. But in our world, right. he's got to clay. And so everything that relies on clay is going to take the time it takes. So be patient with him. Pray over him. And, you know, I know this is, uh, do you have um, for him, do you have uh, Bible stories? You know how they have the Bible uh, uh, recorded for kids? Mm-hmm. We have a Bible, a Bible, children's Bible. That's good, but is it, does it, is it audio? No. Okay, we want to get him an audio. His father reads to him. Okay, so it's uh-huh. audio. Okay. Yeah, when, when dad's not reading, nothing, nothing beats dad's voice. Nothing beats mom's voice, obviously. But when dad's not reading it, then make sure that he hears it and goes to sleep on it. You know, I did okay. that. My daughter, the daughter that you see right now, we had her. She was in the hospital as an infant, I think from uh, age, I want to say age nine months to almost somewhere around just under two, probably two. And she would be, I mean, she would go into these bouts to sleep, and we just couldn't figure out why. Well, they had already said that because of certain things that she would have an issue. I didn't. God said, I want you to play this, play these words to her. And I'm telling you, she'll tell you today. She's still, boy, she's still blessed with the, 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 the Bible tapes that she has. She listened every single night. My, first, I did it because she couldn't. But as she got older, I'm thinking that if God's doing this work, God wants your grandson. And he does quirky things to make parents turn to him or surrender their children to him. So you just And, and I received that because um, last weekend he had me cut a piece of handkerchief, pray over it, and tape it to his bed. So mm-hmm. I, 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 I agree. Mm-hmm. You know, about the restlessness and stuff. 
Yeah, but play the Bible, play the scriptures, make sure he gets those, those nutrients, because I'm, I'm telling you, there is a, a misconnection that didn't happen. But because you're praying women and you all praying family, God is going to move on this situation more rapidly than he would. So, Father, we thank you. What's the little guy's name? Micah. Micah. God, we thank you for, <laughs> of course, his name is Micah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, God, thank you. In Jesus' name, Father, we thank you for Micah. We thank you for sparing his life. We thank you, Lord, for bringing him in at the right time. Now, God, I know that medically speaking, he was premature, but I also knew you needed to get him in the planet at a particular time. And, God, that you needed to finish the work supernaturally that the womb would have done in his spirit and in his soul. So we thank you for that. We thank you now, Lord, that what you began, on his birthday, you complete over the next three months. Lord, we loose his tongue and we make that that connection in his brain that allows you to loose his tongue and to loose his comprehension in a different way. God, we give him perfect articulation. We give him accelerated speech. We give him accelerated development in every way. In Jesus' name, we bind up this assault on his flesh that is seeking to to hinder his ability to be a prophet of God for you. We call him into that office, we call him into that mantle, and we call it the attribute that's required of it. A lot, A, C, G. And we push it into his little being, and we give him bright intelligence and, and brilliant deductions and analytical abilities that will stun and amaze as a result of your direct intervention in this matter. Say, God, in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Amen. God bless you and Micah and family, and I'm sure you'll be calling me back to let me know how God has just shown off. Okay, then the last person that needed prayer was me. It's like I'm in Excuse me? You, oh, you wanted to know. Okay, for you. I'm done with him. Now I'm on you. Yeah, um, everything you said today was true, and I had to question myself. You know, can he count on me? I believe so. Um, my problem is, I'm not sure what my problem is. Like, now when I hear him, I don't think it's him. I think it's me. You know, uh, um, and I don't know what's going on. Um, well, I can 20 tell you years that ago, much. Mm-hmm. I have, I can tell you, I can address that. Here's the issue. You have been with God how many years? How, how many years have you walked with the Lord? About 23. 23 years. Out of those mm-hmm. 23 years, what particular, what particular, and I see that there's at least two of them, what particular petitions or prayers have you had before him that have not yet happened? A husband. Um, yeah. And I don't know these other ones. <laughs> Well, you have, you have, I know at least two. You have, so because here's what it is you are, you're um, uncertain about God because of your disappointment. And you're disappointed because you feel like, God, I've waited a long time, I've served you, on and on and on and on. And you're using your self righteousness as a, a, an inducement for God to do what you want. So he didn't do it. And when he didn't do it, your love for God has not wavered. That's not his issue. You don't trust him any longer. And you don't trust him because you feel like you are born the heat of the day in your life and I've done all of this all myself, et cetera. So what you're struggling with is your trust in him. 
because in your mind, what you believed and what you held to about God has lost its validity. You think God's not interested in answering your prayers because of those things that mean so much to you. So where you are right now, so when you when he talks now, you have so talked yourself out of hearing God and you've talked yourself out of believing that God is really interested in you and talking to you or has your best interest at heart, that you, your mind, your second mind, this other mind that grew out of that disappointment is now wrestling with the mind of Christ that's in you. And I can receive that because I lost the grandbaby um, on the way to the hospital. I heard God say he would die, and I prayed, did everything I knew, and he still died. Um, my husband died suddenly at 40, um, and that's when I first met the Lord. So what's the solution? You know, I've asked God, take my unbelief. You know, I, I didn't pray that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how I can minister to other people, but not to myself. There are two things I'd like you to know. Wait a minute. Sip of water. Thank you for waiting. Two things I want you to know. The first thing is you have not forgiven God for failing you. Now, we are smart Christians. Christians are smart people. We're so smart that we will rename and redefine and reassign and, and, and make synonyms for the basic thing, you love God, but you have not forgiven him for those losses and for your present life, which means if you can't forgive him, you can't trust him. That's the first thing. The second thing is that you have got to find a way for God to give you the answers, which is what you want, for to give you the answers for why your life turned out the way it is. So that's a trust issue. But it's also an analytical issue. And it happens. I'm, you know, this, I'm giving you this purely just pure answers, not making a judgment call or anything like that. So the first thing you, you have to do is come to terms with the fact that you did all you could and God did not obey you. Yeah, and that's that. a problem. So here, here, here you are. I'm, I'm doing all I know how to do. My husband's gone. I'm doing all I know how to, I mean, even if you weren't saved, you still were hoping for the best. It didn't happen. And then I'm doing all I can do, and I lose this grandbaby. And I'm doing all I can do, and, 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 and. So you're going to have to loose this stuff with you and God because the reason that it's lingering is not just you. Your, your disappointment, your resentment, and whatever other negative feelings have also stationed spiritual opposers in your realm, in your sphere. That's why unbelief attacks, you have these outbreaks of unbelief, you have these attacks where you just like, no, can't get it. And then you have attacks where you're just angry with God and you just go fuming on the inside, even if you never say it. And so all of that has to do with you have not resolved God's sovereign will and his sovereign decisions in your life. You, can't, you, you cannot come to terms with it because your doctrine is butting up against his sovereignty. And because of that, you and God are at odds. So, you know, and it's kind of like, this is not about your salvation. Please hear me, because I say that and people so jump to the end. No, this is not about your salvation. This is about your relations with God, and this is about your reverence for his right to do what he wants to do with his property. I understand. Okay, so, then, so that's the next thing. Then the third piece that I want you to get hold of is that you've got to get a right, a right, uh, um, doctrinal bent or premise 
on God. Your doctrine put you in the place of sovereignty. It put your prayers in the place of sovereignty. And it made you sovereign and God the subject. So in some very, very, um, very, I want to say minute, I'll use the word minute, in some very minute ways, you're punishing him. And he knows it. Thus, when he says something, I don't hear, that can't be God because after all, or, or he's, he'll, he'll, he'll start trying to open up the conversation or whatever, and you all hit those so far and is rolling along all warm and fuzzy, and then he will do, because I'm telling you, he's going to do it every time. He will bring, uh, he will let your mind go back to that issue where you're stuck. And the next thing you know, the whole high, warm, fuzzy moment with God is flipped into your sorrow or your disappointment, etc. And that is not, what you have is, up to me, I'm glad you're sharing it. Can I say that? I'm happy that you're sharing it because so many Christians are where you are. Your doctrine puts you in the seat of sovereignty and make God the subject. And because of that, you cannot come to terms with the fact that you worked the formula and God did not perform. I received that. So where we, where are we going to start? What are we going to do? The first thing that I would like to say to you, uh, my beloved, is that you should sign up for life advisement. You need about maybe three to six months of being able to dump this because some of this stuff that you're feeling, you feel it, you stuff it inside, you're hiding it because you're ashamed to even know that the God that you love so much and that you want to serve so desperately can see these things in your heart. You need a safe place where you can unload them. That's the first thing I want to say to you, because you need that. You have, you are one of those people. You are raised to be respectful and all of that kind of stuff. So you're respectful to God, but you have to have a place where you and he can work through these issues. And sometimes when you have issues with Christ, you need help working through them. And so that's, that would be my first thought. My second thought is, and I'm going to pray for you and God to do for you to get to a point that you can say, God, you can become take a Job position. I'll use that. You can take a Job posture in this. Though he slay me, yet I will trust him, not love him, trust him. Because if God never answers your prayer, will he still be your love? And will he still be able to count on you? Did I lose you? you? No, I'm agreeing with you. I mean, it's true. I feel it. mm -hmm. You need help. You, I mean, when you get to this point where you and God are at at odds, it's kind of like needing intervention. You and the Holy Ghost, the Almighty, need intervention right now. He needs an intermediary. What did Job say? If there was a, a mediator between us and him that I can plead my case, did Job not say that? Yeah. And that's where you are. You just want an opportunity to plead your case. I want an opportunity to say, you're right, I need to get it out, I need to get it said, I need to be in a place where somebody can take and, 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 and not just uh, criticize my words or criticize my, my negativity, but say, let's walk through this and let's process these words so that we can turn them into what needs to happen to restore your faith and your trust in God. 
You need that. And I know that we've heard everybody say, well, Jesus is our mediator. Yeah, and so is the Holy Ghost. Can you see him? Can you sit down with him? Can you look him face to face? No, you can't. And sometimes you need that. Okay. No, I agree. And so that's what my suggestion is for you today. I want you, when this call is over, I want you to call and, and just sign up for life advisement. I am going to specifically tell you to ask for Chief Prophet Tala because you need somebody who can walk you through your words, not the words that come out of your mouth, but the feeling of your soul. Okay. And we need to go back and link it to that doctrine so we can dislodge that doctrine and disengage your sentiment. Okay. All right, so that's my, my my counsel to you. Father God, I thank you so much for Cheryl. We pray for her grandson, and you're, you're a merciful God. You will take care of this. But, Lord, I thank you now that we can get her in a, in a posture where she will receive the intervention that she needs to restore her love, her faith, and her, her trust in you. God, I thank you that you are, you said you never leave us nor forsake us, and surely you haven't. But Lord, we at times leave you, even if we don't leave you in body, if we don't leave you in religion, and we don't leave you, leave you in church activities, we can leave you in our soul. And I'm asking God that you begin to do the work and bring her back in touch with the issues and the moment that she broke ranks with you and that she felt allowed disappointment to sever the intimacy that you two enjoyed. I thank you for doing it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Mm-hmm. All right, you. don't forget now, you're going to go right. and get this. Okay. God bless you. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Professor. All right, all right. Are you ready for your next one? Yes, I am. I'm set. All right. We have next on the line Shay from Nebraska. And Shay is calling because she would like prayer for her transition to Tulsa. Shay, welcome to the Paula Price Show. Hi. Thank you for accepting my call. And thank you, uh, Dr. Paula Price, for all you do. Um, I am in the process of moving to Tulsa. Uh, within the next uh, eight months, and I want the transition to be very smooth because I believe this is God's will for my life. Um, I moved, I'm from Omaha, but I didn't live here my whole life. I lived in Dallas, Texas for a while, and the Lord sent me back here for my mother. Um, she ended up giving her life to the Lord, and um, but he took her home last year. Next month will be a year uh, that she's been gone. And I've been praying and asking the Lord, my sisters wanted me to move back to Texas, and I just didn't feel it in my spirit that the Lord really wanted me back in Texas. So I was like, well, I told my sisters, I don't think God wants me back there. I need to know exactly where God wants me to be. So I have been praying about it, and I never thought in my mind to come to uh, Tulsa, to be in, in, in Tulsa. I have never really been to Tulsa. And I just felt that in my spirit, like, Tulsa is where I'm supposed to be. Um, and so I just really want uh, the Lord's favor there with me with this transition so that it will be smooth and that things will line up uh, so I can get, get in the um, city. And then I also wanted to um, connect with you because I believe that um, the Lord wants me to be trained in a lot of areas. I am um, I am a minister. I've been in ministry since I was 19. But I know there's a lot of things that I need that I believe God wants me to have, 
to continue to build me to to uh, be able to do what he's calling me to do. But I believe your ministry has what I need. And I, I'm willing, I want to be trained. I want to sit under someone that can train me properly in the direction that I believe God is sending me. Amen. Well, first of all, I have to say congratulations on your decision and welcome. You know, we, we, yes. we're calling them home. We're calling them home. Yes. And then, <laughs> yes. Let me tell you how this works. First of all, I am honored that God has put my work on your heart and has chosen this ground to restart your life because you're getting ready to have yes. a whole restart. And you've asked Ooh, for it. Glory. Like, God, yes. I need a restart. You feel like yes. I'm looking at in the spirit, and you've got all of these heavy gray threaded garments on you and the gray speaking to indecision and, and irresoluteness and all of those kinds of things, and you're just tired, and you are ready for something new. So this restart is going to be good for you. But let me yes, tell you how we do this. Um, we are not the people that say, hey, yay, come and work it out. We have right, right. In, you know, Chief Prophet is the one who, I mean, and you will be calling her after the show. Um, but okay. she's the one who who literally guides and steers everybody's relocation from housing okay. to job market to prayer, et cetera. That's the first thing we do. I, uh, you know, I'm okay. really maternal. I don't like people to come in like orphans. It bothers me. So um, yeah. we're not doing that. <laughs> we're yeah. not going to do that. <laughs> so that's, that's the next thing. In addition to that, we, and once you have made up your mind that this is, a, and trust me, this woman has come up with some amazing contacts with property managers and housing, realtors, and all of those kinds of things. And the people on, uh, that listen to the show can pretty much let you know this is it, plus the people who have come. And so we do that. We do amazing prayer coverage. We push back on the opposition in the land so that you are settled in and you, you do well. That's, that, that's the one thing. When you make up your mind and say, okay, this is really God for me, we then plug you into a group, a group that we okay. form for people who are, re- who are reconnected to Tulsa. So this Amen. is how the group works. We are... We start on Sunday, they watch the broadcast, and then throughout the week we have different groups that orientate people to our ministry. And so they mm-hmm. do these trainings. They, you, you get to call in. We pray with you. You are not alone. This is not a journey where you say, okay, I made up my mind, and then, well, I'll see you all when you arrive. We are very mm-hmm. involved in your stages and steps and processes, right on down to medical care and health care and all, because all of that's important when you're coming across country. Amen. And so I, I want to say that to you that um, God calling you here is a good thing, but he also knew that I wasn't just going to leave this up in the air on you. You are guided. We had a woman who just drove in from New York City. Was it a she drove in, and let me tell you something. We were with her on that entire road, on the phone, calling, texting, you name it. Amen, amen. Another woman who drove in from Connecticut, same thing. You know, we've got families coming in out of the south and out of uh, Pennsylvania, and the same thing. They will tell you, you won't get here a stranger. We do not want anybody to enter this city, our city with us as strangers. So by the time you get in, you're going to have friends. Amen. <laughs> so if that makes, I hope that makes you feel better because I yes. think that you, from the minute you hang up and you call or you go to our website, 
uh, the talk, and, and when I'm done, Prophet Ashley will tell you the site. We have the whole talk okay. to come home. She'll tell you the site. And from that moment on, you'll fill out the little form, because we have people fill out the forms all the time. Fill out the form, and from the form, you will begin to be um, let into the city by Chief Prophet and her team. She has a team, and different okay. people will be with you to do different things. So do not fear. Okay. We are not going to do that. You're not just going to be just left on your own. Amen? Okay. All right. Amen. Good. All right. Father God, thank you so much for Shay, and thank you for entrusting her to me and to us here in Tulsa on the scripture organic, culturally unmodified Christianity. I thank you for trusting her. Now, Lord, give her peace. And as you give her peace, we cause her affairs where she is right now in Nebraska to wind up peacefully, to wind up gracefully and prosperously. Let there be profitability as she makes her decisions. And then, God, we thank you that right now we prepare the place for her. Open up the the place for her here in Tulsa, Father God. And, And, Lord, lead us and guide us to the provisions you've already made and the providences you already have because we know that this this particular move, scripturally organic, culturally or modified Christianity has its own providences and its own miracles and its own breakthroughs. And so, God, I thank you for doing it, giving her our heart and putting our heart in her. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. 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 <laughs> I, I appreciate it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Yes, Lord. Yeah, I appreciate it so. <laughs> yes, thank God. I, I've been, like I said, I've been following you now for a little over a year, and it's been such a blessing to my life. And I was just like, okay, Lord, this is what you want me to do. Then I will do that because I just, I want to be in His will. That is my. I just want to be in His will. And and like and you said, so a lot of us we love Him, but we don't. A lot of people don't like Him. I like God. <laughs> I like him and I love him. <laughs> yes, I love him and like him. <laughs> and I want to be where he wants me to be and doing what he wants me and called me to do. So I really well, appreciate it. I appreciate it. Oh, my God, yes. Well, listen, it's my honor. And what's going to happen is after you connect with Chief, you're going to set up a time to come and tour, fly out okay. the land, tour the city, and see what we have. Yes. And also to come and pick out your apartments and all of those kinds of things. Okay. Because people do it. And they've been doing it. You know, we've been getting people almost, yes. almost every month. So God is doing okay. something. And, uh, so you won't be alone. God bless you. I will meet you God soon when you. you come for your visit. Yes. Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. You. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, Prophet Ashley, do I have more time or are you giving announcements? I'm going to give, first of all, the first announcement being the website that you were talking about is www.apostolicchristiancomehome.com. There's two C's in the end of Apostolic and Christian back-to-back, www.apostolicchristiancomehome.com. And right on the home page, you'll see a tab at the top that says Complete Survey. That's where you begin the process of being put in the pipeline, and one of our representatives will reach out to you and get the process started. So for anybody who wants to come on home to Tulsa, that's how you do it. That's how you begin. <laughs> Amen. And then, um, and again, I want to say to you, when you come, you are not alone. I mean, Ashley, haven't our people been just wonderful? And we've watched over them very carefully 
as they have made their transition here? Absolutely, absolutely, because we are family. And the wonderful thing about every last one of us at the top of our leadership here in the ministry, we transplanted to Tulsa. So we know what it is to have to uproot your whole life one way or another, whether it was through college or as an adult with a career like you, and come to a new city, and fortunately, this city. Yeah, amen. But, you know, Tulsa is a lovely place. Oklahoma, I think, is lovely. If you're looking for peace and you're looking for, you know, just a refreshing, I keep telling everybody, when I got here, Ashley, I kept saying, okay, so I feel like I got a fresh start. And some of us, even ministerially uh, or even as a church member or whatever, you feel like, God, if I could just get a start. You know, how many times we said, if I had it to do all over again, I would do it differently. Well, this, if yeah. you have this call, that might be what God wants for you to get an opportunity to do it all over again and differently. So, again, um, I'm going to sign off, but um, we're going to ask you, before I do, Ashley, just give that website one more time. Absolutely. It's www.apostoliccristiancomehome.com. Absolutely. So we are welcoming you home to scripturally organic, culturally unmodified Christianity here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and I cannot wait to open arms, welcome you. God bless you. Don't, don't forget tonight, 8 p.m. Ha-ha, prophetic is. Thank you for tuning in to the Paula Price Show. Become a financial supporter today by visiting www.drpaulaaprice.com and click on Sow a Seed. Donate today. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.